0: On the episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, Western Carolina's offensive line coach, John Cooper, joins us to preview OU Western Carolina. The former Sooner great gives us a breakdown of Western Carolina's team, kinda, and tells us what he's seen from OU's defense as he prepares for the game. In the National College Football Roundup, we preview some of the best games in week two, including Iowa, Iowa State, and Oregon, Ohio State. We wet the beak with Sunday's matchup between the Browns and Chiefs, and we give you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, September 9th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in September from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 Blitz and Bucks promotion. Drawings are every 30 minutes. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this Wednesday night. Please leave us a five-star review and leave a nice comment while you're at it. Ted, we've got our man, John Cooper, OU legend, who just happens to be the Western Carolina offensive line coach as of about a week ago.
1: Crazy how stuff like that works out, but uh, awesome, horrible circumstances, no doubt, but awesome that he's there. Uh, great coach, hell of a player, hell of a guy. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's great to catch up with him a little bit. And, uh, not, not that he's withholding insight from us. He just hasn't been there long enough to know anything about the team. <laughs> I, I've
0: got some, I've got some notes about their squad. I feel like I know more about their defense than he does <laughs> after watching every snap they put on tape against Eastern Kentucky, but Hey. He's just, he's just trying to learn everyone's names. Uh, you guys are really going to enjoy that interview. So, Ted, let's just get to the OU football stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've got no time to waste here. First, I cannot wait to see the stadium full. Last week was weird. It, it was just, I, I don't know how else to describe it. And it had nothing to do with the game being close, right? It was just, it was weird from the start. No energy in the stadium. Not a ton of energy on the sideline. It was the complete opposite of what we're used to seeing for an Oklahoma football game. I can't wait for that stadium to be back to normal on Saturday night. I, I am pumped.
1: Totally agree. It Honestly, it felt like a spring game or like a game day dress rehearsal or something. It was weird. Um and that's not a shot at the fans because holiday weekend short turnaround, all of those things it's just kind of what it was, but like the band was wearing like t- shirt and shorts and sneaker. It was just the everything was weird about the whole deal, so yeah, they're going with a pretty intricate striping of the stadium. Do you think it's gonna go well i
0: I have faith in the Oklahoma fans. And okay. one of the reasons I have faith is because the game is actually on September 11th and it's the 20th anniversary of September 11th. They're striping the stadium to honor the 20th anniversary of September 11th. You do not want to be the person that messes up your section. You arrive in the section. Everyone else has crimson on. You're wearing a white shirt. You're like, oh, oh no, you, you can't be that person
1: you got to double up somehow and and wear both. If you're unsure, wear both and peel a layer during the game.
0: Yeah, just bring both. If you're not sure. Also, I'm pretty sure they've got the diagram there on uh, Soonersports.com. So if you're unsure, go check that out. You do not want to be the person in your section wearing the wrong color. That is – that's embarrassing.
1: Yeah. That's crazy, though. 20 years, that's going to be an awesome – um, atmosphere. I remember the atmosphere whenever we first came back and played after that, that weekend and they canceled all the games in across the country, that was an awesome atmosphere too. So it's going to be cool.
0: Yeah. So heard, uh, heard what Lincoln had to say to you and Toby, uh, there on the coach's show. Uh, sounds like it's
1: been, uh, I'd say a rough week of practice for the guys, I don't. I'm. I was wondering how to take. Whenever he said that, we've had a couple of guys have out of body experiences. Like, what? What, what exactly does he mean by that? Was someone getting ripped so hard that it's like what is is happening right now? Was it like conditioning? Were they did they say we're going to run? If we can't play a full game, we must not be in shape. Let's get on the line and, and get some conditioning in. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it doesn't sound fun, but it sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At least they won. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh. Okay. So I did coach's corner Wednesday, a few little tidbits of information from that. We had Joe John Finley on there. I thought this was interesting. So they're clearly putting a lot on Austin Stogner, Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis, right? Veteran guys, that you know they they expect a lot from and you're you're seeing them lean on those three guys saw a lot of snaps with two of them on the field saw several snaps with all three of them out there together and so I was curious I was like man they th- those guys are extremely important so I asked Joe John about god forbid something happens to one of them you know do you have another guy and and the guy that he mentioned that he would put out there was Jackson Sumlin, right? And I know a lot of OU fans saw him and what he did in the spring game. are like, okay, this kid looks like he's got a little bit of something, but I thought that was really interesting. He said he's working extremely hard, worked really hard in the summer on his body, also on understanding the system, said he's constantly taking notes in meetings, asking questions, doing all the right things. So said that he wouldn't hesitate putting him out there if something were to happen to Stogner, Haller Willis. I was like, okay. Okay, Jackson Sumlin, that a way to make your mark.
1: That's good. It's a deep, deep group, deep position group. And I feel like what's so unique about them is there's three guys. They could all play any of the, like, single spots, right? You could play them on the the inline tight end, split out, H back in the backfield. But they all are, all three are different. it's totally unique that you have three guys that can play the exact same position in all three different positions, but they all bring something totally different to the table. And to hear that you've got some extra depth behind that, because Stogner's had had his issues. We understand that Braden Willis has, he's been a relatively healthy guy, but he did go through what was it MCL or something last year. So um, it is nice to always have some extra depth there. And, I love whenever they have those guys out on the field. I think it is a, a position of strength for us. I think it's a mismatch. Um, I think it's a, a good extra way to give us some different blocking concepts and some and some size and some strength on the edge. So I love that.
0: Yeah, and also had Roy Manning on Coach's Corner. I would say that's about as edgy as I've ever seen
1: Roy you can tell man usually super positive about everyone and he uh,
0: along with i think the rest of the defensive staff they're still pissed off about last weekend i mean that that was my read on the situation and i i am very interested to see what it looks like on the defensive side of the ball and i know it's western carolina right what are we actually going to learn maybe not much, but he was, if that guy has that attitude, you know, the rest of that defensive staff is absolutely getting after the guys. So I thought that, I I thought that that was, that was very interesting, Ted.
1: Yeah. A lot of times you could, you, I think you could tell how the game went the week before by the amount of rasp in coach Manning's voice at the time he can get pretty difficult to understand at times when he gets the real uh, coach's voice that's three quarters of the way gone. So, yeah, I'm I'm liking it, though. Um, I, I think that they've got it, it's whenever you have a team that doesn't play well and you coach a position group that has some good depth, that's whenever you can get some guy's attention, seriously, because you don't feel bad about rotating someone else in. You don't feel bad about taking someone's reps away. If they're not performing out there on the field and giving them to someone else.
0: Yeah. And I, I straight up asked him, right? Cause I knew he played all six of his guys. I said, when you went back and watched the tape, who stood out to you? And he didn't hesitate. He said, Latrell McCutcheon, the youngster. He said he didn't get a ton of plays, but when he was out there, he flashed and he made plays. And when you get your opportunities, you got to make the most of it. And that's exactly what McCutcheon did. And the fans notice you and I noticed on the broadcast. Roy Manning noticed. you know, Alex Grinch is noticing. So I I don't know how much more McCutcheon will see, but I think he's going to be on the field more after his coach said, Hey, that's the guy that stood out when it comes to all six of those guys. So, I expect to see a little more number seven out there this week.
1: There's always a sliding scale of, of how you, you grade guys. There's a, you always want someone to be assignment sound across the board. No mental mistakes, no bust, um, totally locked in. But sometimes you get that player, but there's no production there. So you have to find the balance between a guy that he he may make a middle error here or there but the production when he's on the field he finds the football he makes plays he's a factor on a way more plays than the guy that is just marking off the list doing what I'm supposed to do. So you got to find that balance. If if you got guys that are playmakers that are a little more risky, you've got to find a way to still get them involved somehow.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this about McCutcheon and, and Roy hinted at it. it. Dude plays fast, right? Mm-hmm. Quick decisions and then attacks the ball, whether it's in the air or it's a guy with the ball in his
1: hands. So we'll see. But that's, you know, when guys have that at a young age, the hardest thing for me to learn because I got screamed at to within an inch of my life for the first, well, pretty much the entire time I played. But like the first year, I got like scared back into my shell. So I, it, it was really hard for me to finally say, right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Be decisive right now, and we'll live with it, right? Be decisive and just go make it right. So when guys start off that way and can pull the trigger and go do something. And, you know, maybe I'm on the wrong side, but maybe I, I, you know, I go make the play those guys, because as you get more experience, you know, you already have the playmaking ability and you're comfortable with it and confident. You just, you start to really knock down those mental errors, turn into great football players.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And uh, another young guy I- I'm hoping to see some improvement from this week, Anton Harrison. And I stand by what I said on the recap of the, when we recap the lane game, he needs to get stronger. He's got to play harder, but you also have to play him. So he gets better. So I, I think we'll, we'll see some different combinations along the offensive line. I think Graham's going to be the guy at center. And then uh, I think you'll see some more Swenson at times, right? And uh, I think Conjul maybe gets on the field a little bit, but uh, I think you got to roll with Rain. He's a more talented guy. Any but, chance you uh, see
1: Rain at guard maybe if they want to work Conjul in? Uh,
0: Conjol has played guard. Like he played guard, started some games at guard at Arizona. So I've always – I've always believed that you keep the center in place. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. And
0: even though, you know, they would move me to guard and put diet Arlington at its center. And it, nothing made me more upset because <laughs> I wasn't very good at guard. And then I, like everyone was pissed off and it, I felt I, you want your hand on the ball every play, or
1: every play too. There's something about that. You know, you're starting the action. You're exactly. in every, every play.
0: Yeah. Uh, that that's a different story for another day, but, I'll say this about Harrison. He's got the highest ceiling of anyone in that room. Right. And maybe Savion Bird's got a similar high ceiling. I think that kid, I think that kid's going to be a player. I was going
1: to ask you, do do we see some bird this week? I, I hope
0: so. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to, right. It's Western Carolina. We better.
1: Yeah. You better see some bird or things have
0: gone wrong.
1: No one in front of him has played so well that, you know, he's, They've locked down the spot, so yeah, I agree.
0: But they need Anton Harrison to develop. And sometimes it takes playing to learn how you have to play. And that may sound stupid, but it's true, right? Because practice is one thing, and I know the old saying, hey, you you practice like you play. It's not the same. (laughs) It's just not, especially along the offensive line.
1: Well, everyone always feels like you're in pretty good shape, and you've been through training camp. You feel like you're in football shape, but you go out there and you're seven plays in on the second series of the game. It's 90 something degrees out there. You're going up tempo. Your defensive end's flying up the field every single play. It's just, it's like, I'm going to die out here, you know? And then you start saving for later in the drive, right? It's like, What if we keep going here? I've got to have something in the take, and it ends up turning into bad football.
0: So, the reason, in my opinion, the reason you got to stick with Harrison at left tackle is for what may come at the end of the year. Because your other options, if it's Swenson, like I think Swenson's a solid player, right? You know, I've been very complimentary of it. Hey, he plays hard. He's not the most athletic guy. Knows what he's doing. But if you go to a college football playoff and you play a Bama with a guy like Will Anderson or you play in Ohio State with a guy like Zach Harrison, that's not a good matchup for Swins. It's just not. Right? When you talk about athletes coming off the edge, that's why Anton Harrison, he's got to get better. He has the talent to block those type of players, but he has to get better each and every week, and you're going to have to live with some of the mistakes as he gets better. So I'm going to try to remember that as I watch the film after every game, but he's got to improve. He's not going to see very many elite rushers in the big 12. He's just not right. He's just not. So by the time they get to the college football playoff, you hope he's vastly improved because he's played in a lot of games and he's gained confidence and, you know, he understands the techniques and what it takes. So I'm going to try to not be so critical. I'm still going to be critical if he doesn't play well, but uh, I understand why you got to live with some of the errors he might make. But he's still gotta play hard. There's no excuse for not playing
1: hard. Yeah. Well, he's seen the 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 most elite pass rushers that he's gonna see in the Big Twelve every week in Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito. Right. You know, right. um but whenever you block those guys day in, day out, you kind of learn their nuances and everything. It's not really the same as having to figure out a top tier guy in just one game. So yeah. No, I'm with you, you know, sometimes it's like, well, we've got to find someone else and not necessarily saying that about Harrison, but it's most of the time there's not somebody else and that player has to develop. And and it sounds like he's kind of in that position right now.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get to our call your shot. Uh, We asked the listeners for their boldest predictions for OU Western Carolina uh, this one comes from B miles at B underscore miles 10 on Twitter. He says, "Shutout, out. Hmm.
1: Very capable of shutout. And that, that would go a long way confidence wise. Um, I know it's, it's a FCS school, but a shutout is a shutout. It's difficult to hold someone out of the end zone. Turnovers, like there's a bunch of different ways to at least get into scoring position. So that would be good. They need that.
0: Okay. So uh, I've never really asked a defensive guy this, but do the starters consider it a shutout once they're pulled from the game? Are they like, hey, that's a shutout. We're done here or no?
1: Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but. I mean that that holds no water anywhere, you know. It it holds zero water. Like for instance, we 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 played Oklahoma State my senior year. I think we beat them like fifty two to nine or something like that. But we they had a pick six, um, missed the extra point, and then we had a turnover on like the five yard line that they kicked a field goal with so in our mind that's a shutout I right, we shut them out but it doesn't get remembered that way like right, once you're a week removed from it no one even considers that anymore you know
0: okay i was just wondering was but just the
1: wondering. answer to that is absolutely yes uh well, I, we the amount of uh shutouts we had blown by like second third string in the fourth quarter was uh a lot and i'm telling you because that's a big deal like coaches they're ranking like that's how you get jobs and stuff. It's like you have the top five defense or whatever. So whenever you put guys in late to give them an opportunity and they give up like late meaningless touchdowns, it's like, Oh my God,
0: not happy. A lot going on there. Okay. This, this other one comes from Tyler Beasley at Beasley 23 Tyler on Twitter. He says Spencer Rattler comes out with a perfect QBR while throwing for three hundred yards and four touchdowns in the first half, I hope so because. And listen, I, I thought we were fair with our criticism of Rattler. He didn't play well. I mean, he he didn't put by his standards. Right, he did not play very well against Tulane. But all of this, they need to roll with Caleb Williams now. Stuff like it's ridiculous, man. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So. I do hope that Rattler comes out there and looks polished and is efficient and is spreading the ball around, looks accurate, all of those things, because dude, we can't, I, I don't know if I can take another week of, OU fans saying that Caleb Williams needs to be the starter right away. I don't know if I can do it, man. Uh, that would You just... know how it
1: goes. The backup quarterback's always the most beloved guy. And let's say, let's say Rattler does have a, a really nice first half, but you know, statistically, maybe it ends up not being huge because maybe we bust some long runs or something like that. Caleb Williams is gonna play a lot in this game. And I at the end of the day, if the box score looks good in his favor, people are gonna fight like, just continue to point to it. That's how it goes.
0: That is how it goes. All right, let's get to our OU Western Carolina preview with our man John Cooper. But first. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community, FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And don't forget to send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right, here he is, OU legend, John Cooper. It is our pleasure to be joined by a Sooner Great. Former Big 12 offensive lineman of the year. He was the center on the national championship game team. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry, man. He also happens to be the offensive line coach for Western Carolina, who is coming. John Cooper is in the house. Coop. What's up, man?
2: What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? I good.
0: I think we're doing well. I, if you ask OU fans, they could probably be doing a little better. This could have gone better last weekend, sure. but man, I, I know that the circumstances are odd. But kind of walk us through how you ended up as the offensive line coach at Western Carolina.
2: You know, it, it was it was a really crazy situation. Obviously, it's I wish it was under better better circumstances. But uh, Coach John Peacock, who was a great coach, loved by everybody. I didn't know the man uh but when you hear people talk about him you you know he was special to these players to his coaching staff to this community uh passed away probably a little over two weeks ago uh, and I heard from coach bell and he told me the story and asked me if I wanted to come be the offensive line coach and it just kind of hit my heart you know that these these guys need an offensive line coach and well to be honest they got a coach coach peacock's their coach I just knew that I could come in and help and shoot i I've, all, I've wanted to coach a line forever. Yeah, you know, that uh, I've been working with tight ends the past few years at Arkansas and UCF. Uh, and it, it really just hit me that this was this was the right thing to do. And it was my my first official day was September 1st. And we played a game on September 4th. So I, I'm not sure if you've ever done something like that. You, you bounce around a few teams in the middle of the season It's like, hey, learn this and go play a game, learn this and then uh, go coach a game. It's you learn on the run. It's a whirlwind. But it's football. It's football. You just kind of got to adjust, and it's been good. We're starting to kind of learn each other and trust each other, and it's been it's been good so far.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that crash course. Uh, th- that's got to be difficult um, learning a whole roster full of players. Right. right. I mean, um, the terminology, like just the drill work. I mean, a lot of this. There's a lot of carryover from different place sure. places as far as like protections and and drill work, but is it just like the, the lingo? Is that the, the hardest thing, the terminology?
2: You know, it's, it's not, and you guys know this football is football. You just got to learn. It's like learning a new language. I just related. It to what I knew. And I shoot, I did a crash course and I'd, I'd practice about 12 hours from when I landed here. Uh, so I, I got right on it. I learned, I learned it pretty fast. The biggest issue for me was there are certain ways I'm used to running inside zone power counter but they've been coached a different way. I don't have time to start from square one when we got a game in a week. So I have to work off of what they learned. I can't come and change all the calls and all that kind of stuff. I have to work off of them instead of as a coach, you used to, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. And I've, I've made some tweaks as we've gone along, obviously more as we've gotten into game planning and uh, I've gotten used to them and, but it's, it was working off of them. Hey, what do you call this? Well, we can't call it that, but we'll do that for now until we, we have time to, to make a change and and all that kind of stuff so that that's really been the hardest thing that and trying to learn everybody's names in four days
0: <laughs>
2: but I'm I'm getting I know my guys I know my guys like the back of my hand but those guys on defense I'm still trying to figure them out
0: uh, you're, you're going with the old school just calling them calling their number out
1: <laughs> hey hey one
2: well we tape, we tape on
1: the forehead go back to the old school tape that's on right. the helmet
2: Forehead in the back. that'd be great. But I mean, we we're at finishing up like the second practice. I'm there, and one of the players comes back to me and said, "Hey, uh, we're running this play. What what do I do if this guy does this?" I looked at him and said, "What position do you play?" And he's like, "Well, I'm a right guard." I said, "Okay, you got to do this." But I'm like, I, "I don't know where anybody is. What did, I mean, it, it's been funny, but it's it, it's gotten more comfortable now. But it was shoot that, those first couple of days. I I didn't know where the heck I was. I it's, it's it's been crazy, but it's been a great experience.
0: That's that's funny, man. Uh, okay, look, looking at the game, clearly you're studying Oklahoma's defense, yeah, right. Get, yeah. Getting ready for this one. We're not asking for any game plan <laughs> secrets or <laughs> yeah. anything here, and I know you're not going to give us any of that stuff. But right, when you were watching that tape, that Tulane game, what kind of stood out to you, positive, negative, from OU's defense? Because clearly not the type of performance that right. that coaching staff was expecting or those players were expecting, but right. still a talented group, man. Oh, no
2: doubt. And, guys, you guys know this, and I, I know that, but uh, winning football games is hard. And playing – I'm not watching their offense, but I watch the game most of it on TV. Uh, when you can go an entire game and not punt, you're having some success. Uh, but defensively, I mean, they had some pretty obvious busts early in the game, that were just little mental mistakes, you know, but on defense, you have one mental mistake and you're playing man coverage. Shoot. It's a touchdown. I mean, that's, it is what it There's simple fixes things that I know they're going to get fixed that they covered better later on in the game. But shoot, I was in, when I was at UCF, we had Tulane in the American They're a good football team. Okay. I told you, I mean, they got some guys on that offensive line that are good football players. Uh, obviously that quarterback did a heck of a job. Uh, the, the, they're a good football team and to go out and score 40 points on them isn't easy. And again, I know that's not what a lot of OU fans want to hear or expect, which, which is good. High expectations are a great thing, but to not punt score 40 points to win the football game and to see, it's not like they were misfitting a bunch of runs. They weren't in the wrong gaps a whole lot. Uh, They caused disruption. They got after the quarterback. The quarterback made some great plays. They made some great catches, some contested catches and the things that, where big plays or touchdowns for the most part are simple fixes that us as a coaching staff, are like, yeah, do we want to do that and say, they're going to do it again? Well, we, we might try, but at the same time, it's like, well, they're going to get it fixed. What compliments can, those kind of things, you know, and just, we're not going to sit here and be like, well, they're not going to cover the back. If we do that. Yeah, they probably will.
1: So the three of us are pretty lucky. Like We all played on, on really good teams. That's right. right? So whenever we, whenever we go on the road or go play someone, there's never like a, like, Oh my God, we're going to play like whoever it is. There's always a, we're the big boy or at least on a level playing field. Right. So what's it like whenever you're at a smaller place, like what, what do you see from the players as far as going to play an opponent like Oklahoma, that's, you know, a top five. Do you see like kind of deer in the headlights or they just kind of take it roll with the punches?
2: You know, we've got obviously with COVID, we've got some guys that have been here six years. They've played North Carolina, they've played Alabama, they've played some big time teams. So I'm not sure they've they've got those big eyes. Some of the young guys, they will, and you can tell practice has been different. You guys know how it is when we play Texas. You can just feel it at practice. It's been different, which is good. Uh, But I I mean, there's there's nervousness before every game. I think there's a lot of excitement. They know there's going to be a bunch of crowds. It'll a bunch of people in the crowd. Be a great environment. but <laughs> I look at them, I say, guys, look, I played there. Look at me. I'm not intimidating. I'm, shoot, I played there for four years, and you guys would beat the hell out of me. So just trust yourself, understand, watch the tape, know that you belong, and, and they do. I've got a confident group of guys on the O-line. Again, I don't know about, you know, I don't know many of the guys on the defense name, but offensively, we got some confident guys. We've got some guys that have played in big-time games at this level, played in Division Two National Championships, those type of things, to where it's different. And I think once you kind of get that first snap, that first hit, whether it's like a national championship game, once it's out of the way, it's just football. And once you, as an offensive lineman, once you have some success and block a guy and realize that, okay, this guy's a really good player, but he's not Superman, that I think then you can kind of settle in.
0: Yeah. Looking at y'all's offense, Coop, uh, I watched all of the Eastern Kentucky game and, the quarterback Rogan Wells, number eleven. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's fun to watch, man. Certainly, you you guys drop back a lot. You want to throw it around. That's what Coach Bell wants to do. Mm-hmm. But he can do a little damage with his legs. Like, what what have yeah. you seen from him in the couple of weeks you've been there?
2: You know, he's the best part about him is it, it doesn't matter. And again, a lot of this is hearsay because I've been around him for ten days or whatever, fourteen. I don't know what it's been yet, but. He's, he's the same guy, whether practice is going good, practice is going great. He doesn't show a whole bunch of emotion, uh, but he he's a leader. He's calm. Again, the typical, prototypical coach be calm, cool, and collected, but he is. Uh, and just He's been around a bunch of those guys from Valdosta State for, since they played in the National Championship, and they just say it doesn't matter. He is who he is. He steps up in the most big-time games, but just as a player, he gets us in the right things a lot to where he's going to – he's going to know where he's hot or he's going to know uh, where his answer is or just against Oklahoma, he's going to know where Nick Benito is. He's, just, he's going to know it. So he's going to have that feel to where he's going to help us stay ahead of the change, not getting third and long, again, as much as we can help it, get the ball out quick, uh, get us in the right run play
1: if we need to. What's the etiquette between staffs? Because you know everyone on this coaching staff, like <laughs> – you played with DeMarco, which, by the way, did you tell them that uh, whenever you're telling you played at OU that you put DeMarco in the rear neck and choke that one day in the indoor?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten to that story yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was great. Oh, um, but, like, what's the etiquette on game day? Is there, like, radio silence, like we just don't talk, we, we don't text, we don't anything, or is there some trash talk going on?
2: Oh, uh, shoot. I mean, you know how close Joe, John, and I are. We've been uh-huh. texting – every day. It's been fun. I, as soon as I got the job, I just, I text my Hey, you guys started on Western Carolina yet? Cause if you got a game plan, I just, you know, just shoot it to me real quick. No reason. And that was before I told him I had the job. <laughs> so it's, it's been fun. You know, there's been, it, it's not like trash talk if, you know, I was at Alabama or something, but it's, it's been fun. You know, I haven't talked to everybody there, but man, I'm excited to see them, give them hugs before the game. And then hopefully go step on their throat Little
0: i love you you gotta you gotta respect the attitude ted i oh, love yeah. it i love it the competition Absolutely. i love it coop now you, i i know you may not know their names but i assume you know their numbers <laughs> by this point in time when it comes to the defensive guys as i watched as i watched the defense against eastern kentucky for wcu number zero kept showing up yeah and that dude, I mean, he's not very big, right? No. He's y'all's nickel, Jalen Floyd. Yeah. He's my favorite player on the entire football team that y'all got. That dude arrives fast and with bad
2: intentions, man.
0: Like yeah. I, I'm excited to watch that dude play.
2: No, he's he's a good player. Again, I <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to tell you his name, but I, I did know number zero. I don't know all the numbers over there. I'm still trying to figure out all our receivers and running backs. I'm I'm getting it. It's getting close, but uh, we got some guys that can fly around, make plays, and, and play with confidence. You know, uh, w- again, that's always the biggest difference, right? You you get the guys that that go to Oklahoma or Ohio State or Alabama or any of the the blue blood programs, they're going to have the measurables, right? Uh, places like this and other places I've been, you might not be six four, you might not run four four, but you're you're going to be. A, we got really good football players, and they might have been overlooked or maybe blossom late. I mean, we've got some good players that could play at big-time Division one programs. I truly believe it. Um, but for whatever reason, maybe they started playing football late. Maybe they grew three inches after high school. Those type of things. We've, we've got some of those guys. we got – I don't know. There, there's a couple guys I think on our team that will have a shot at the next level. I, I truly believe it just from watching them for a couple weeks. Um, but the defense does, does a good job at flying around kind of – not really a creating havoc defense, but they're they're going to get to their spots and they're going to play fast. And that's – I think that's what they're going to have to do against Oklahoma. They're going to have to – they're going to have to play fast and, again, they're going to have to rattle, Spencer Rattler a little bit, not to – no pun intended, but they're going to have to get to him. They're going to have to make him make some
1: mistakes. So, since you've kind of got a history with a, a lot of, like, the guys on this offensive staff – did you have to get up in front of the team and give a scouting report or anything? Did they tab you with that guy?
2: <laughs> no, a coach hadn't even mentioned it yet. I, and shoot, I, I say, I don't know their names. I bet the whole half the defensive guys look at me like, I still don't know who this guy is uh, at practice all the time. Uh, but it's, uh, I've talked to a couple of people today and I, I just, it, it, it ain't about me. It's about these kids and it's, it'll be fun for me to go see some of those guys and go compete in that stadium but it, it's not about me. It's about these kids and to go out and have a good experience and go compete against some of the best, these guys that have NFL dreams uh, that want to see where they stack up. This is what it is. And uh, not giving them divisions, divisions of Granger or anything that, hey, we're going to go and step on their throat or dominate them or anything. But shoot, you get a chance to go win your one on one every single play. And hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people are going to watch the football game. So you want a chance to showcase and Say you were overlooked. Prove it. Sorry, my automatic light went off in my office.
0: That was great. People that watch this on YouTube are going to love that. It's like you went into witness protection real quick. I,
1: I know Gabe, Gabe was some Zoom issues earlier tonight, too. Probably his heart probably skipped a beat there. Uh, a little bit.
0: I won't lie. Buckered up there just a little bit, boys. Uh, but Coop, I I know you haven't been there long, man, but college football in general, it, it's kind of trending away – away from these matchups right Uh, you see you see the alliance you you see kind of what's going on now you know the big 12 adding teams like what's that going to mean for the american that type of stuff do do you have a sense of like just how important a game like this is not only to western carolina football but to the university as a whole when it when it comes to you know funding for the athletic department all those things like I I assume that's not something you guys talk about, but it it feels like it's really, really important.
2: It it is really important. And just from the little I know, I've heard about budget or money talk. We don't think about that as football coaches, right? Until you want to go on the road and they're like, well, you can't take a flight or I hope you got a friend's house you can stay at. So I haven't experienced that yet, but I, I do know it's, it's a huge deal. For again, not just for the kids, but for the university as a whole and for the athletic department budget.
1: So, whenever you guys come in, what's the? And I know you you guys you coach it the same every single week, and, and I understand how that goes. But like whenever whenever you just lay it down to the guys and talk about, do you just have to hit like small goals with them? Like you you pointed out, you get a chance to go win your one on one battle, which I'm guessing for a lot of guys. When you play college football, it doesn't matter the level. You want to go you want to go play in the NFL and you think about right. that. Is mm-hmm. that kind of what it is? It's like this this film is going to be poured over by a bunch of NFL scouts. So if you want to make a name for yourself, this is your opportunity. That,
2: that's exactly right. And it's and it's hard to say that on the offensive line. Gabe, you know it's it's five guys all the time. As much as this defense moves around, it's not always a one-on-one, right? You got double teams, you got combinations, all those things. But at the same time, it's you got to beat the guy across from you and you got to understand what to expect and when to expect it and put your eyes in the right place and go have success every single play. Are you going to get beat? Yes. You're going to get beat against conference teams. You're going to get beat against the best teams all the time, but you, you got to understand if you win more than you lose, shoot, you're going to put 45, 50 good plays on tape. That's a lot. And if you do that against a team like Oklahoma, people are going to notice and we're going to have success as a team. If Everybody has a little bit of individual success, and sometimes it lines up to 10, 11 guys at the same time. We're going to have some success, and then it builds confidence. Then you have more success as a team. And then, again, kind of that awestruck mentality might wear off a little bit to where it's, like, well, shoot, I, I can block this guy, or I can get open. I can make this throw. And once that hits, then you can have a little more success. And, again, it it kind of fades, the, the, the big lights of it.
0: Coop, what what are their percentage chances that you go to the wrong sideline initially? When you chalk out, I mean, you've, because you've played here, you've coached here, like I, I'm guessing it's at least 50-50 that you just go to that sideline your way. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad.
2: <laughs> After halftime, I just I might follow B- Beatenbow out. Just that I just might get used to it and start asking him what we're thinking for the first for the second half for the first play, but.
1: Hopefully now, I, only,
2: you, I only get did, halfway.
1: Did you ever have to stay in that horrible locker room? On the I've floor? never
2: seen it. I've had people asking me what it looks like. I, I don't
1: know. I had to I spend know. two off seasons in that. <laughs> horrible thing. It's I had to awful. spend an off season. My
0: first off season when they were redoing the facility. Yeah. First yeah. summer, spin it in there.
2: Mm. Terrible. Not great. Well, well, not, not great. That's, that's good. Well, uh, Coop. I would I, say I'd go see Jim Hillis, but he's gone. I'll go see Scott. I know.
0: Jim, I mean, just
2: so selfish
0: of him to retire no after kidding. such a lengthy career. You're correct. Ridiculous. What's go. he going to play golf? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't even think he golfs. But, <laughs> dude, I I, I I wish you good luck, I think. <laughs> I, I hope bit. you guys play well. I will say, Perfect. I, I watched every snap of your O-line. I like the left guard. Dude. Thank you. He can play a little bit. He can play a little bit. So I'm gonna have my eye on him. But man, it's it's awesome. It's always awesome getting to talk to you. And no matter how the game goes, welcome (laughs) home, buddy.
2: Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. You're the man. All right, guys. Appreciate it. He
0: he might not know that many guys on their team, Ted. But that O line, he'll have that O line right.
1: No, they'll be they'll be coached up. Uh, it, I, I don't even know if he's going to know those guys going to be a lot of number calling out there, which is, which is fine, but it's not going to take him long to get settled in and not only be a good offensive line coach for him, but a great resource, just offense in general, the dude has played in great offenses, GA position coach been around some of the best offenses in college football.
0: Yeah. So. A little information about some of their best players. Rogan Wells, number 11 quarterback, better athlete than he looks. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to throw it around, but he can also run a little bit, had some explosive runs in their game against Eastern Kentucky. Their best wide receiver, number two, Raphael Williams. Had a nice game in their opener. Out of all the guys they have at the skill positions, or at least at receiver and tied in, he is the twitchiest guy. They're going to try to get number two, the football I do have some concern about their running backs, and it's not because they're crazy athletes, but number zero, TJ Jones, and number eight, Kenny Benjamin, a a better combination than I expect an FCS team to have, frankly. And they throw the ball to the running back a lot out of the backfield, Ted. So your backers, they're going to have to have a nice day covering those backs. I mean, they they are because especially Kenny Benjamin, number eight, they throw him the football a lot for a running back, a lot.
1: Yeah. Bro. Well, and they're going to find some stuff from that two lane game and and see that there's there's going to be some opportunity there, possibly some of those underneath crossers, um, you know, some some swing stuff, option stuff with with running backs try and put those linebackers in a tough spot where maybe it's a bunch or a tight split that they have to navigate themselves around. So that's always dangerous. You know, as a, as a linebacker, you're comfortable making a tackle on a running back, you know, in the box, in a gap, you know, safety's over the top, your buddy's right there next to you, are going to come, you know where to miss them. All of a sudden, you're, you're covering a guy in a flat or out in space, or he's running an option route on you, it's kind of foreign. That's, that's not the type of area you want to be in as a linebacker. So, yeah, if it doesn't take much at all. Protection, you know this, Gabe, for a running back to go out and run an option route on a linebacker, I mean, it's, it's super quick. It's a super easy throw for the quarterback. That stuff's easy to install, and it doesn't take but a, a spin out of a tackle, and you can have a, an explosive play.
0: Yeah, so – Keep your eyes on the running backs coming out of the backfield for WCU. Uh, their best players on defense, number 96, K.J. Milner. Looks the part, 6'4", 260. At defensive end, I mean, he, he's going to look like he belongs physically. I like their linebackers. Number one, Ivan Hogan's. Number nine, Kareem Taylor. Both transfers. Both very productive. You know, one's six foot, the other one's 6'2". They're both 220 pounds and they both can run. I mean, they are the modern looking linebacker, maybe a little thinner, but they looked the apart. And then two guys in the back end, I like Coop mentioned him. Number zero, Ted. You're gonna love Jalen Floyd, man. Mm-hmm. He's gonna remind you it it a smaller, he's a smaller version, but his style, he's gonna remind you of a certain nickel from Baylor.
1: Ah, a little Petrie action. He is—he is, is
0: a—he's a mini Petri.
1: That's awesome. He little flies honey, around, bro. I mean, honey he Badger is a heat-seeking huh? missile.
0: He is your type of guy. I'm telling you right now. And then it. number twenty-one, Andreas Keaton, true freshman, ton of length. I don't know how he's at Western Carolina with the way he looks. He is—he's he, a little skinny, but. I don't know what's going on there he's he's got the makeup, but uh, he he looks like how you want a freshman defensive back to look a little skinny, but he'll fill out that frame. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those guys that transfers to an FBS school in the future.
1: I like that they've got a good pair of inside backers. Uh, the kids at Tulane played really well. They were good. So we're gonna see some good linebackers this season from a bunch of different teams. So the fact that You know, we're going to have to block those guys up and deal with them here in the non-conference is good, good gear up for the season, the conference slate.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get to the National College Football Roundup. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be, too, if your business wants to be best in class. Connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. And, guys, summer is here, and you know what that means. It's hard seltzer season, baby. And there's only one hard seltzer we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Uh, Aleworks. Okay. There's been a change. Yes, I said it. Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool at the lake and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic Drive-In flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water. Or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Ooh, sounds nice. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. How you feel about it? We did Will and Wiley for so long. That it's, it's another Coop Works product. And, this, hey, the change, it came from the highest levels, Ted.
1: I love it. Um, load me up with some Cherry Limeade all day long. They're Absolutely delightful. love it.
0: So uh, drink them at the OU Tailgate this weekend. Tag us. Tag Coop Works. Let them know that we changed the ad read. I said we were changing it, so there we go. <laughs> it, I... I, I drink so many Will and Wiley's, though. I What's going to happen to him? I'm scared. Okay, <laughs> National College Football Roundup. Got to start with this game, right? The Turnpike
1: Rivalry. That's what they call it, right? They call it the Turnpike something. Um, yeah. I, uh, it's weird when you try and... It's almost like they tried to commercialize the game into a rivalry. You can't do that. It's got to naturally play out on the field. But last year was a good one. Don't know if this year is going to be a good one, but they got a little bit of a rivalry going on. I like it. I wish we played Tulsa every year.
0: Yeah, you've said that a lot. So Tulsa traveling to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State, two teams that did not start the season off the way that they wanted. Tulsa. And I know they had some guys suspended there for the first half, but goodness, man. I mean, losing to UC Davis, that's, it's awful. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Davis Brin did not look good at quarterback for the Golden Hurricane in that one. And Oklahoma State didn't look much better, right? They got the win, though. That's important. Tulsa lost. Oklahoma State at least won over Missouri State. But I am excited To not watch Shane Illingworth play football, hopefully. I'm excited to watch this new and improved Spencer Sanders, Mike Gundy has been talking about. Now, I haven't, I don't think it's been confirmed that he's playing. I'm going to choose to believe that he is, but hadn't missed the opener for what sounds like COVID. So maybe Deneric Prince and Shamari Brooks in that Tulsa running game can make this one interesting. I don't really see that happening against that oklahoma state defense i have a feeling ted we're gonna see spencer sanders he's gonna look good and oklahoma state's gonna destroy the golden hurricane that that's that's what i envision
1: if they don't they've got issues and i heard all the talk all off season about boy gundy really likes this team they must be there must be something special well they didn't look like it in their opener which you know i There's a lot of teams that did not look good in their opener, but I continue to wait on Spencer Sanders. Show it to me. Just show it to me. I don't care if it's against Tulsa. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. Just show it to me. I'm waiting. It's three years now. I'm waiting. Show it to me. It's a perfect opportunity. Rivalry game, baby. That's right. That's right.
0: I really hope he plays well because
1: I, I hope he plays. A- Let's start with I hope he plays. I feel like the dude's been playing three years, and I feel like I'm always waiting, like for him to get in the game. Or where is he? It's an ankle, or it's it's something, man. I don't know. Not a hater. I'm just saying. We'll see.
0: I'll say this: that Oklahoma State offense line got to play better. Yeah, they couldn't run it, man, against Missouri State.
1: And I was told, that's another thing I was told all offseason. Yeah, they lost the Jenkins, kid. But as a group, this is going to be a better offensive line. Let's see it.
0: And I was told that they had the most physical training camp that they've had in a long time around there. The Gundy said that team's going to win with toughness, win with running the football. Well, let's see it. All right, big game. Not the biggest game, in my opinion. But a big game. Number 12, Oregon, traveling to Columbus to take on number three, Ohio State. And I, I really thought C.J. Shroud showed us something in the way he bounced back in that Minnesota game in the opener. Their skill guys are just stupid. I mean, stupid. Fast. And Oregon, and I, I, I think we got to give Fresno State credit. I think they're, they're a solid football team, but Oregon didn't look great against Fresno and their opener. So I was, I certainly was not overly impressed with Oregon's offense going back and watching that game, but I, I know CJ Verdell and Travis Dye are a really good running back duo. I just, I don't know what's going to happen with Kayvon Thibodeau. Like Mario Cristobal still saying it's day to day with him. I'm going to choose to believe that he is going to play in the game and there's no doubt he is a game changer for that Oregon defense, but it all comes down to this for me, Ted. I I just don't trust Anthony Brown. I I don't think he brings enough to the table as a passer for Oregon to go into the horseshoe and beat Ohio State. Uh, Even though that Ohio State defense was very underwhelming against Minnesota, I just Anthony Brown, when I watch him play, I'm not like, yep, that's the guy that's going to go into Columbus and win. Don't see yeah.
1: it. No, I'm totally with you. Um, first off with Ohio State, I, I, I'm giving them more credit than I think most people are. You, you mentioned it with CJ Stroud. I thought he showed some real resilience. For your first start, you know, I mentioned it Sunday. That was a hornet's nest. Minnesota was ready to play that football game. They had a great game plan. They played their tails off. The, the crowd was fantastic. That's a, that's a tough first start, and I thought he performed well. Got off to a, a slow start. Not a bad start, but a slow start, and ended up looking really good. Thibodeau ain't playing. Man, I, he – someone rolled up on his leg – And he got scared of the draft money. He walked off the field. It is, well, I was going to say impossible. It's not impossible. If you walk off the field, you can almost always continue to play. You can. Unless you're scared of getting injured and losing the draft money. That's what happened, in my opinion.
0: So, you're saying it basically—it basically gave him an opportunity to opt out, essentially, right? Yeah, kind of what you're thinking.
1: You, well, maybe opt not for the out. whole season. Yeah, opt out of the tough games. You gotta imagine this is the one though that he wants to play in, man. I I hope so. It's the, if he doesn't play in this game, in my opinion, it loses a ton of its luster. I'm like, I I agree with that. I hope he plays. He's, he is, we want to see the top talent against the top talent. So I hope he plays, but I don't know. I saw that look on his face and I could see, as he went down to the ground, I could see like the dollar bills, like spewing out. He's like, no, uh, it's going to be hard to uh, get over that and get back in there for him. I think.
0: Yeah. I, I will say this. Ohio state now they've been a little shaky in the back end of that defense. Like they, they keep producing just r- ridiculous defensive linemen they had, a, I think they had three linebackers at the senior bowl last year. Like they, they've got guys in the front seven, but they're giving up some plays in the back end. And, and when you look at Johnny Johnson and Mike Pittman, those types of guys that Oregon have, they they got speed at receiver. Yeah. And so if, if Anthony Brown can play well, maybe maybe that game is really fun. I I don't think it's going to be I think Ohio State's going to control that one, but I do hope Thibodeau plays. I do. I,
1: I think Ohio State spanks them. But you're right about the secondary and it's weird because I feel like there's like a 3 or 4 year stretch with Eli Apple and you know just one after another where Akuta,
0: there's all those guys.
1: Top 10 corner every single year it felt like.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. That's a fun game, though. But the game of the week, a game I have been talking about all offseason. Number 10, Iowa at number nine, Iowa State. The first ever matchup between these two teams with both teams ranked in the top 10 of the AP poll. A massive game. For Matt Campbell, Ted, I have been waiting for this game for months and it is here, baby.
1: Well, it, it's the game of the weekend for me too, but other, to uh, other than
0: OUWCU, of course, we are right. beyond excited right. for that
1: matchup, but to the listeners don't expect a thrilling football game. This is going to be. Clemson, Georgia 2.0. This this game every year is like you know, 14-12, 9-6, you know, 21-17. It's it's gonna be a low-scoring game, and I honestly I have no idea what to think of Iowa State. No clue. I don't know how an experienced team like them, with the expectations with coming out a year ago and losing the opener would struggle like they did in in week one. Look ahead, possibly. I, I've just got this overwhelming feeling that Iowa State is going to show up and get beat by Iowa yet again. I want them to win. I feel like it's going to be a blowout for Iowa State. Like they come out and just like jump all over them and have one of those moments where they, where they just finally get over the hump, or it's, it's doom.
0: 2019, 18 to 17, 2018, 13 to 3. You can find some hope, though, <laughs> in the 2017 score between those two teams. It was 44 to 41 in overtime. That's the type of game. That's I'm hoping one. we get.
1: But if you go a year back, I think it was seriously nine to six the year before that, 2016. <laughs> yeah, a
0: couple of years back, but <laughs> I, I will say this: if Iowa State wants to be respected, right? Because right now I feel like the when, when people talk about them, especially nationally, it's like, oh man, that's so cute. Look at Iowa State. Look at what Matt Campbell has done. I think they have some people's respect. I don't think anyone fears playing them. And if they want to reach that level, if they want to be a team and a program where when they come to town, the other team looks at the film and goes, oh, shit, here comes Iowa State. If they want to be truly respected, and I mean truly respected in college football, they have to beat Iowa on Saturday. College game day is there. That the Jack Tri Stadium is going to be insane.
1: It is uh, It is. Uh, it's a great home environment, anyways. But for I'm the I'm telling first you right now, in,
0: Jamie Pollard, the athletic director, he's letting more people in that into that game than should be allowed in that stadium. I'm guaranteeing that. He's letting hey, hold
1: like 65 or so.
0: Yeah, hey, fire Marshal's gonna turn a blind eye to that game. It's going to be nuts, and when you look at what these teams have put on tape in their one game, Iowa destroyed what we think is a good Indiana team. Just punched them in the face, and that game was over in the first quarter. I mean, Michael Penix could not do anything against that Iowa defense, so they're carrying a lot of momentum. Like They are carrying confidence into this football game, especially defensively. On the other hand, Iowa State did not look good against Northern Iowa. At no point in the game did they look like they were in control. Never. They couldn't run the football. I mean, Purdy was fine. He ran, he had to run the football a lot. Like they could not get their traditional run game going with Brees Hall. If they cannot run the football against Iowa, they are in trouble. And Tyler Goodson from Iowa, that running back, he's going to rip off some long runs. And we'll see what Brees Hall does. It's on that Iowa State offensive line. All that experience, all those starts, they got to get the job done because if it ends up being Brock Purdy having to sling it all around the field, I don't know if I exactly trust Brock Purdy in
1: that What's type What your gut tell you on the football game?
0: I, I'm starting to think that Iowa's going to roll, man. But I'm, I've been picking Iowa State to win this game for forever, and I'm choosing to believe that that bullshit that Iowa State put on tape against Northern Iowa, I went back and watched every snap of that game because that performance made me look like an idiot after what I said on radio all week. I mean, I looked like a moron and I don't like looking like a moron, Ted. I like to feel like I know what I'm talking about.
1: Is there, do offenses, you've got Northern Iowa and then you've got Iowa in week two. Top 10 matchup. You know, it's going to be a huge game. You know what you're, I know where you're
0: going with this. You got to be able to run your base stuff, man. You have, you have your core plays, right? With Iowa state, They've got their counter concepts. They've got their zone concepts. Just what able, they run.
1: They Should be able to line up and run zone inside zone. If you can't do it Northern against Northern
0: Iowa. Northern Iowa, I don't care what shifts and motions you use. I don't care what different personnel groupings. They were getting whooped at the point of attack by Northern Iowa. I watched the game. Iowa's got some good <laughs> defensive alignment, bro. So uh-huh. I think I think it's going to be a rock fight. But I'm sticking. I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to the fact that I believe in Matt Campbell. I do. And if he's not going to beat Iowa this year, then when?
1: Well, it hadn't happened yet. We'll see. And also, Iowa,
0: Spencer Petras? No. I mean, that's, that's a horrible quarterback name.
1: Spencer's a horrible – oh, sorry, wait a second. I oh, gosh, what did you just do? <laughs> but it's, I, I, I'm with you, dude. I've been saying the same thing about Iowa State since last year. I thought they were a great team last year, but you know they sucked at the beginning of the year last year too. Game one looked good in game three, but I, I don't know. My gut right now tells me Iowa's going to win the football game.
2: You know but why, I've been
1: Saying all year long that Iowa State, this is going to be their season.
0: You know why i I want to pick Iowa.
1: Well, if you're like me, you want to you want to pick oh Iowa. Yeah, why?
0: You know why? Have you seen their center play? Uh. Uh-uh. He is. He's legitimately. Kid's name is Tyler Linderbaum. He's legitimately maybe the best college center I've ever watched. Wow. Like his athleticism and strength, he's got the wrestling background and all that stuff. Like, I'm not going to use the word aroused, although that is the <laughs> word that is coming into my head. It is erotic the way that he is. He is everything I wish I could have been as a center. That's the best way to put it. Like, you talk about a football crush. If you watch this game, watch the center from Iowa. I'm sure we'll talk about him a ton on the broadcast. My girl Holly Rose is going to be part of the broadcast. I know she's going to have some feature dialed up. She loves offensive linemen. Watch Linderbaum. The kid is he is the standard for the center position in college football right now.
1: First rounder. No doubt in my mind. That's awesome. They, They put out some linemen, man. Say what you want about Iowa and being a you know, a big 10 school with no speed, but that strength and conditioning program there has put out some beast on the line of scrimmage. They get results in their strength and conditioning program.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm sticking with Iowa state. Don't like it one bit. <laughs> All right. The return of wet, the Beak, dad. Let's go. But first, are you unhappy with the surface around your pool? Are you not pleased with your patio? Soft Rock specializes in installing safe rubber surfacing for pools, patios, gym floors, and other outdoor spaces. Soft Rock's rubber safety surfacing provides a long-lasting surface that is impact and slip resistant, fully customizable, and virtually indestructible. Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark are avid OU fans that are driven to help you with all of your pool and patio surfacing needs. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C dot com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own The Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all your driveway problems. They can repair cracks, clean, and seal your rotting grass-filled joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit thedrivewaycompany.com for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about SoftRock and the driveway company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. And if you are looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area, I just used the Ronalo Cloud Group to sell mild house, and it was so easy and stress-free. Stacia Ronaldo and Maddie Cloud are with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication, an honest relationship, and a luxury service. And that's exactly what they gave me. You can reach them by emailing Stacia at stacia at sagesher.com. That's S-T-A-C-I-A at S-A-G-E-S-I-R.com or you can contact them on Instagram at at sold by Stacia and at sold by Maddie underscore. You will not regret using them. Ted, it's time to wet the beak and the NFL season. I'm so excited. I can't even say NFL. <laughs> the NFL season kicks off Thursday. Got a great game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the defending champs with Tom Brady. But you look at the week one NFL slate and there's no doubt. Cowboys-Bucks is good. You got some great games. You know, Pittsburgh at Buffalo, Kyler and the Cardinals going to Nashville to take on the Titans. I'm interested to see Chicago travel to take on the Rams. Now the Stafford's the quarterback, that's Sunday night football. But the juiciest of all the games, definitely Baker in the Cleveland Browns traveling to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Dead. the Chiefs are currently a six-point favorite at home at Arrowhead Stadium, who now has a weird sponsor. I'm still just going to call it Arrowhead Stadium. I'm sorry, whoever sponsored the stadium. But what do you think about that one? Fun week one game. Damn.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of really good week one games. Uh, I love how the NFL schedules. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, a fascinating game. Um, I... I can't wait to watch Baker in this one. I can't wait to watch. This is the year for them. People talking about Baker or, excuse me, Cleveland and a Super Bowl. What? It's crazy. Just a short amount of time what he's done there. Um, Kansas City, we all know that they're, they're fantastic. Mahomes, everyone knows the, the whole thing with the Chiefs. I'll just tell you right now. The Browns win the football game outright. Ooh, mm-hmm. say what? Yeah, they win the football game outright.
0: You sir are bold. So you're you're going money line Browns. You yeah. you don't even want the six.
1: Mm-mm. No, Gosh. Browns win the football game, dude. Baker, you know this. Baker is, I don't want to say, I don't want to say front runner, but when he's got his confidence and he's got his team behind him, dare I say city behind him, this is exactly what he's looking for. He plays the best in games like this. Now, early on in his, in his career, he took some, he took some, some lumps. Okay. But. College Baker is back. The confident Baker is back. Does that mean we're going to get the crotch grab and planting the flag? Maybe <laughs> I can't rule it out, but I'm telling you, Cleveland goes and wins this football game outright
0: do Do the browns just like bring him? They should have beat him uh, in the playoffs do Do the browns just like bring him the new contract? like right after the game into the locker room if that happens? Like if they just go on the road week one and beat the Chiefs?
1: Didn't he already get his deal?
0: Just get him another one? Did he get a Josh Allen-type deal already? I thought he already signed. I thought he already got his deal. Did he already get his gajillion-dollar deal and I just missed it? I feel like he did. I could be wrong. I don't think he did because we would have talked about it on here. We certainly have not.
1: Okay. Okay. Because we this did not. Stuff, this was the year that, you know, everyone was talking about it through the offseason. And. Maybe okay, I they just didn't. pulled it
0: up. The Cleveland Browns are comfortable waiting until after the season to sign QB Baker Mayfield to an extension. It has not happened.
1: Well, then, yes, they do. Okay. Uh, and actually, they may not because. You
0: had me feeling it, like I was an idiot for a second. I was like, wait, what? Because the. Mark it, Andrews just, got his deal, but Baker has it. Yeah.
1: His agent's going to be like, here's where we were before this game. Here's where we are now. You know? Um, yeah, I, I think they win the, win the football game outright.
0: I think, I, I do think two of the better o- offensive lines going at it in this one. Cleveland's offensive line, uh, just, just tremendous Cleveland's across the board.
1: roster is as good as the Chiefs.
0: Andrew Barry has done some good things. Ever since he got that job, the Browns they're going to want to run the football, right? That's what they do. That is what they do. They're going to want to control things they're want to control the game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. i I'm just not sure, and we'll see I, I haven't like is is Odell going to be Odell? I, I don't know if the Odell we all remember is ever coming back. I just don't know. So do they have the explosiveness in the past game to keep pace with the chiefs? And one thing that I think gives Andy Reid teams an advantage early in the season all the time is how much he places starters in the preseason. Those guys have gotten snaps together, not in practice. Yes, of course they've gotten them in practice, but game action. And I know it's a preseason. It's not full speed, but it's close. And I I love how many snaps he gets those guys. I think, I just, for whatever reason, I think the Chiefs will be the sharper team. I think Andy Reid is one of the smarter offensive minds in all of football. He's going to do everything he can to reduce Miles Garrett's impact on this football game. And I I expect this to be decided in the fourth quarter. And I think the Chiefs, I, I think they cover the six. I don't think it... I think that stadium's going to be rocking. They win by a touchdown.
1: If you're scared, take the Browns and the six. If you're a man, lay the money line. The one thing that you're refusing to factor in, Gabe, is that the Chiefs, they cannot get interested in football until the playoffs. They're just going to float ho-hum through the regular season. You can't get their attention with these games.
0: It, okay. So I'm going to write it down bust. You've got the Browns money line. I'm going to go ahead and take the chiefs minus six. We'll see. We'll see. We, we'll revisit this on the next, uh, next episode. Okay. Let's get to our winners and losers of the week. Ted, as always, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week?
1: Uh, sometimes I hate doing this, but I've got Nick Saban as my winner. I just – I love everything about the way he approaches coaching his football team. And I, they go out, they get a great win in week one, they look fantastic, and right on cue he starts bitching about his football team and the way that they play and the way that they practice. Uh, and I love it. Here's the quote. Um, "In He was – it kind of reminded people of the rat poison quote, but he was asked about whether they were prepared or he was talking about whether they were prepared to practice. And um, he said, maybe it's that they read on social media or in the, or in the media or whatever, after one half of of a game this season. And then it was hot yesterday. So we have every external factor in the world that's affecting our ability to maintain intensity and play the way we need to play in practice the way we need to practice uh the scoreboard affects us who we're playing affects us the heat affects us the media what you guys write every day affects us so to me we have to prove we can play maintain intensity and do things the way that we're supposed to do it and he goes on and it's kind of like the same stuff do people care enough to understand what we have to do to maintain our level of play it's just i love it it's there's never there's never an inch, there's never a moment to just say, all right, that was good. Let's uh we can exhale a little bit. Uh, we got that one out of the way. No, it's like right back on the grind. I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: He's he he also and I've talked to some guys that have played for him that have won national championships, right? And then come back the next year, right? And he goes with the all right, this <laughs> team, this team is – you guys are not national champions. Last yeah. year's team, national champions. But this team, not national champions. Haven't done any, anything. He goes with that really? like week after week. And, uh, dude, the, the buy-in he gets from those, from those guys –
1: He's a, he's a sorcerer, man. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, but to buy in like buy in or be left behind. I love it. No
0: one, no one has produced results like that, man. So I, you got no choice. We've talked about this a lot, but
1: that he's coached at Alabama since he's been at Alabama that he starting with his first recruiting class. There's not been one player there not win a national championship. Correct.
0: I believe that is the stat. Yes. The, the
1: that's insane.
0: So yeah, the guys listened to it. God, they looked so good against Miami. I know. it. I mean, what are we even playing the season for? I mean, they looked, maybe they'll have some injuries. I, I, I don't know, but they looked, God, they look good. Okay. Who do you have as your loser of the week?
1: Okay, maybe there's an explanation for this. If there is, excuse me for my ignorance. But my loser is Major League Baseball. I pretty typically say that Major League Baseball sucks at almost everything that they do. The greatest players in Major League Baseball, no one knows who they are. They don't market their guys. Atani's having... The season, maybe the greatest season in the history of the sport. The average person uh, walking around the streets has no clue who the hell he even is, who he plays for. Never heard of the guy. And like there's there's not even another season ever that matches up with what he's doing right now. And then one of one of the only players that people do know who who he is, is Derek Jeter. And Derek Jeter is given his hall of, hall of fame induction speech on a one o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. What, what, what are they doing? I, okay. So I
0: was, I was, I was flipping through, right. And we had just got done taping coach's corner. And I was like, Oh, Derek Jeter's on the TV. That's weird. Uh, I I was like, there's no way that's live. Like I'll, I'll, I'll catch the highlights later or something, you know, like maybe that's from yesterday.
1: Maybe I just missed it. What, what are they doing? How is that possible? Now I will give a shout out to Jeets for uh, bashing the one person that didn't vote him in uh, for the unanimous hall of fame induction during his speech. But you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not crazy, right? That, it's Derek Jeter. It's it's one of the most well known baseball players ever. That should be a, your Hall of Fame deal. Should be like uh, an ordeal. Like the NFL has a, a Hall of Fame game where it's a whole weekend and there's a ton of guys there and they make a big production of it. What are they doing? How is this, how is this possible?
0: This Wednesday feels... afternoon. This feels like something maybe we don't know enough about. I mean, we're not baseball guys. No, that's true. I I love going to the OKC Dodgers games
1: and drinking beer. Yeah. but There may be a, a perfectly reasonable explanation, but they need to change it. If they ever want to grow their sport and grow their audience, these are the things that you need to make a deal of and get people to watch so they have a little bit of interest in your sport. Yeah,
0: I I was very, very very confused. I was like, "What's Derek Jeter talking about in the middle of the afternoon?" That's weird, huh? I did I didn't think anything of it. I was like, "Oh, I must miss that." That's weird. Now I got to go ball on YouTube and find a speech because yeah. well, didn't didn't get didn't catch it.
1: The only thing that Major League Baseball has ever gotten right that I can remember was the Field of Dreams game but that that is sweet. That's about the only thing that was awesome.
0: Yeah. They're going to continue to do that. I hope, or you know what? It's major league baseball. So they'll probably not do it again.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Eh, I got it out of the way. We did. All right. We'll never do it again.
0: Ted, new sponsor alert. Oh, Ted, where do winners stop on road trips?
1: Hmm. If they like great beef jerky, if they like uh, ice-cold fountain drinks, my guess would be Love's.
0: Love's Travel Stops. That is right. Love's has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. If you're road tripping to the OU or OSU game this weekend, make sure you stop at Love's Travel Stops. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Of course, you can purchase your fuel out of Love's, but they also have restaurant offerings, fresh fruit, all the snacks in the world, drinks, and my favorite, Java Amore. That's right. The coffee there is fantastic. Love's also has you covered. If you forget your phone charger or headphones, they've expanded their mobile to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. If you're making a long trip, you can always stay at one of the 19 hotels Love's operates across the country. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. It's a good one, huh?
1: I love it. Can we get a shout-out in that read to Loves brand gummy worms? You know how I am. I love the gummy worms. That's we. It's my go-to.
0: Between you and I, only eat the Loves brand candy. You know, I'm loyal like a dog. You know me, Ted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I'm pretty sure Chris Plank would lose it if <laughs> if he doesn't get Loves peach rings like every week. Like he, he'll text me just a picture of them, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh yeah, well he loves him some peach rings. So you're you're the gummy worms, Plank's right. and peach rings. Get the Love's branded candy. It's delightful. Okay, for my winner of the week, thought about going with TJ Watt, Ted. Led the league in sacks last year. Finishes runner-up for defensive player of the year. The man wants a new contract. He deserves a new contract. He's been sitting out of practice. Now, he's back to practice on Tuesday. But he's been sitting out a lot of the team portions saying, I want my money. And he got a little help from the face of the franchise on Wednesday when Ben Roethlisberger said, yeah, quote, get him whatever he wants. (laughs) It's nice when the starting quarterback and one of the legendary figures of the franchise says that for you. That's nice. That's got to make T.J. Watt feel pretty good.
1: It's weird, and I don't know. I'm sure he's asking for a ton of money, a boatload of money, which he should do. But I'm sure he's asking to be
0: the highest-paid defensive player in the league. I assume that's it's, what he's asking for. I,
1: I guess I don't understand. I mean, there's always cap issues and stuff like that. But I guess I, a lot of times I just don't understand. Just get it done. Just get the deal done. Just get it done. You know, I, I, don't cost yourself and not have your best player out there practicing and preparing for the season. Just get the deal done. Just it's gonna it happen. You're not gonna let the dude walk. It's gonna happen. Get it done.
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening for TJ Watt. But my winner of the week, there's only one choice. That is OU softball coach Patty Gasso. Ted, we we've learned this. When she speaks, people listen. She was rather critical of how condensed the women's college world series was, uh, she was not pleased with the schedule. Remember we had the weather, not can't really do anything about that, but it, it's like the NCA heard, uh, heard what Patty had to say and she wasn't the only one, but she was, she was the loudest one and she was the one that got the most attention for what she said Wednesday, the division one competition oversight committee approved expanding the Women's College World Series from seven days to a nine-day event starting in 2022. The change will eliminate the doubleheader for teams that lose on day one and will add a day of rest for the two teams that advance to the championship series. That is great for softball players. They get more rest. They get more recovery during the biggest event in their entire sport. It's something that the coaches wanted, something that the players wanted but it's also great for Oklahoma city. And it's great for the Oklahoma economy because that means more nights of those players and their fans staying in hotels. That means more restaurants. Those people are going to it's it's great for softball players. great for the sports, what those women deserve, but also great news for Oklahoma city. So good all around baby.
1: I like it now. Allow me to play devil's advocate for just one moment. My concern is like what everyone loves about the sport and the final tournament, the World Series, is that you get everyone involved, you've got a captive audience, they're there, and we get a resolution. You know what I'm saying? I think whenever you space things out, you you lose people along the way, whether their team is out of the tournament, whether, you know, for for whatever reason, I feel like you just kind of lose some people. So I like it for all the reasons that you mentioned. I just hope that it still gets done quick enough to where you don't lose an audience. I think like March Madness, I think the way they do the tournament is dumb. You have all this buy-in a week one. Everyone's got their bracket. You play two rounds. People's bracket goes to crap, and everyone checks out. Instead of like banging through the thing and keeping everyone locked in, I know it's hard. That's a bigger tournament, but that's my one concern. It's a, it's a small one, but that's the only thing that I worry about.
0: It's valid. There's there's gonna be people that maybe their team loses, but they're like, Hey, you know what? A hey, championship series starts tomorrow. I'm going to stick around. Now there's that day
1: in between. Maybe those people leave. You're right. I think it's a valid concern. I, I do think they need to at least negotiate a window. Cause last year was the weird deal. Remember they, they end up having to play the final game at like one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday.
0: Oh, which, I was there.
1: That was the big complaint. So build in some type of of window to where if you have a a weather event or whatever, that you can play the thing uh, in a following primetime window. But that's my only concern. The diehard softball fans, you play a thing at 5 in the morning, they're going to watch. You've got that fan base. If you want to expand it while you've got that momentum, I think it's always best to get it done then, but we'll see. No, I'm
0: with you. All right, my loser of the week, the American Athletic Conference. Oh boy. So, Wednesday, reports start trickling out that UCF has applied to join the Big 12 Conference. Reports that that announcement is coming Friday. After talking to a few people, I can confirm that Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU have also already applied to become members of the Big 12, and that will also be announced Friday. And I can only imagine how pissed Mike Oresco, the American commissioner, is. And I know, hey, he denied it, remember? But Bowlesby lost his shit when OU and Texas were leaving and allegedly the American were trying to poach some Big 12 teams. Karma, man. I mean the Big Twelve just took the Americans' two best football programs and Houston. And that Houston, that athletic department, they've got money, they've got boosters, they've got great facilities. Now I'm excited for the Big Twelve. The new Big Twelve. That's what I'm gonna call it. The new Big Twelve. But damn Ted, the American just Ooh, that hurts. That's gotta hurt.
1: It's brutal. Because that's a for a, a non power five it's a great conference great coaches there's some great players there there's some good solid football but i I think it's an absolute home run for the big twelve it's the it's the it's the right four teams you mentioned the 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 teams that they're bringing in great coaches on those teams big time coaches on those teams big time. Like uh, you get Ohio, which is big football, big population. You get Florida, big football state, big population, big group of athletes. Houston, obviously, big TV market. BYU's got a national following. Total home run for the Big Twelve. Losing Oklahoma and Texas, this is the this is the best that they could have done. So the fact that they they locked it up, it's big.
0: Yeah, th- those four teams. They don't even come close to, to being OU in Texas when it comes to a television revenue standpoint, right? The Big right. 12 teams are all going to take less. I mean, it's just that, that's the way it's going to be. But I, I feel like Bob and the leadership there in the Big 12, they've made the best out of a really, really bad situation for them. And the Pac-12 saying, hey, no, we're good. We're not expanding, gave them an opportunity to go out and add really good schools, and that's exactly what they did. So they deserve credit for that. And I will say this, and I know I've said it before, but the new Big 12 conference, when I look at the teams, I mean, you, you add Cincinnati, who is, in my opinion, the best group of five football program right now, UCF close as well. But when you look at what that new conference, the new Big 12 is going to look like from a football perspective, I do think it can be the most entertaining, competitive, and exciting league in the country. I do, it's not going to be the best football. That's the SEC. I mean, there's no doubt. But, Ted, I do think some people, you know, some college football fans, they're, they're tired of Clemson winning the ACC every year. They're tired of OU winning the Big 12 every year. They're tired of BAM and... Bama winning everything every year. This looks like a league to me where you can go into it each and every year and be like, hey, five or six different teams may be able to win the league this year, and you just don't really get that in college football anymore. So
1: I think the new Big 12 could be a a lot of fun, dude. It could be awesome, especially whenever you throw in a 12-team playoff if that's what we end up landing on, which I still believe that we will land on that. I, I refuse to believe that everyone's going to vote themselves less money. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, no. But, no.
0: If, if we've learned anything, it's that these leaders in college athletics, they, they don't want more money. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely not.
1: But when you throw in the prospects of of that happening, well, all of a sudden, it's like, who who knows what this conference could turn into? Let's say you've you've got a Cincinnati wins the Big 12 and and makes the playoff. Well, you just engaged, you know, the, the the state of Ohio. I mean, you maybe you have Ohio State in there, but you've got two teams in the playoff. Like that's a big deal. And Cincinnati is gonna find themselves some fans out there that you know maybe they're Ohio state fans but they start paying attention to what's going on with Cincinnati as well. Um you know same thing is is Central Florida wins it and they're in the playoff. And can you imagine a case where UCF is the team from Florida in the playoff and it's not Miami, it's not Florida State, it's not Florida, it's Central Florida and what that can do to the the recruiting landscape in the state of Florida, if they can turn that into a, uh, where they are a, a playoff capable team year in, year out because of they're now in the big 12, like there's no telling what, what the, the landscape could end up looking like.
0: And I just, you know, look at the eight remaining teams. Like now we'll see what happens in that Iowa game. But like Iowa state, all of a sudden they become, maybe the best program in this new league, right? Cincinnati, well, uh, but Oklahoma state, right? I mean, Oklahoma state, you talk about the biggest brand left in the big 12 in the new big 12. It may be Oklahoma state and what Gundy has built there. Like it's, it's just, it, the change is going to be weird, but I, I feel like there's a lot of
1: excitement with the new change. Well, if you're Campbell and, oh, OU and Texas are out of the way why would you leave the Big 12 to take a job, I don't know, say it's the Michigan job or whatever, and have to get past Ohio State when you could stay where you are, and if we're talking about an ex- expanded playoff like the 12 teams that, that was originally thrown out, like it's like, okay, well, all of a sudden, I'm not saying it's a level playing field as those, those gigantic jobs, but it's a hell of a lot closer. You know, if you can win that conference and be a playoff team every year.
0: Yeah. I, I just think when, when the OU in Texas to the sec stuff happened, like you and I, we were torn, not for Oklahoma, right? We, we acknowledged that that was the best for the future for the university of Oklahoma, but we're both big 12 guys, right? I mean, playing the big 12, we've covered the league now for years. I, I am excited that it's, it's staying alive, man. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited that those eight teams are staying. They're adding quality football programs to that league. I, I know they're not going to make the same kind of money, but I, I'm just glad that it didn't get ripped apart, man. I'm just, it, it makes me happy.
1: I agree. Totally agree. I, and like I said earlier, total home run. They got the exact four teams that they needed to get. Got the TV markets, the recruiting bases, home run.
0: Yep. And on that note, episode 145 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. We'll be recapping OU Western Carolina. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. And you can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Please be smart. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening and do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.